Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. After they had left, the disciples of Jesus had left the upper room, going out into the Mount of Olives, verse 31, and Jesus said unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now go over with me to verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely Thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. And then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock grew. Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. He went out and wept bitterly. Peter was very cocky of his witness that he would never under any circumstances ever, ever deny the Lord. He meant what he said. All men in all the world, as far as Peter was concerned, could deny the Lord, but he'd never do it. Never. He had every intention of being faithful. But under pressure, he denied him three times in one night. The very night when he had proclaimed, I will never do it. Never will I deny you. I want to take a look at this thing of denial a little bit. And first of all, think about warning signals when a person is about to deny the Lord. If you would like, I think it would be good for you to write down these four possibilities and keep them handy. Under what circumstances would a person possibly deny the Lord? 
Would we be so bold as Peter to say, I will never, never deny you? There are four things that I want to say about the possibility of denying the Lord. Number one, when a person becomes prayerless, when a person begins to forsake prayer, when a person does not pray, he is setting himself up to deny the Lord. Is it reasonable that a person would refuse to talk to the person they really love? That would be unthinkable for us to refuse, even though husbands and wives go through times when they won't talk to each other. They will come around and finally resolve that and get back into conversation. And during that time of refusal to talk to each other, they both are in jeopardy of violating their own wedding vows. When a person will not talk to the Lord, he is on the very edge of doing exactly what Peter did. Put it down and be absolutely sure you understand. When you quit praying, you're about to deny that you know Jesus Christ. You quit talking to him. Because prayer cuts to the very heart of our conviction. If we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to him. To fail that test cuts the communication lines, the power lines between us and the source of our faith, which, of course, is Jesus Christ. So, number one, a person is about to deny his Lord when he quits praying. For he has cut the cords or denied that they exist between he and God. And when one does that, he begins to remove the fear of sinning. I think. When is a person more likely to sin? When he has an active prayer life or when he is not praying at all? And I think you will have to admit the person who is not praying is very likely to begin sinning in a gross manner. I do not believe a person can be immoral while he's praying. I think that's about impossible. It's very difficult to begin a day with prayer and end it with prayer and in between times live like the devil. Very difficult. 
That is what one to say at the end of the day in praying if he has been unfaithful during the day, with the exception of seeking God's forgiveness. But the person who begins the day without prayer and ends the day with prayer will suddenly discover that he is in the process of sinning throughout that period. Prayer is absolutely necessary to avoid the thing of denying the Lord. Secondly, another sign of about to deny the Lord is when a person becomes indifferent and begins to say, who cares? I am convinced that the center of a Christian's activity must be the church. It's not true. We don't work that way. I think we ought to plan our vacations around what's going on at the church. And if something is happening at the church, then we ought to redesign our activities as much as is possible to fit within that pattern. There ought to be few things that would keep us from being faithful to the church. You find the person who, do, who does not believe that it is necessary for him to be faithful or her to be faithful to the church, and you will find a person that is soon going to deny that he even knows the Christ of the church. Faithfulness to the church is absolutely necessary to keep one from denying the Lord. Thirdly, Self-confidence is a problem. Peter said, I'll never, never, never do that. Someone has said, never say never. One of the problems that we have as Christian people is looking at the other person and saying, boy, I would never do that. You hear a person swear, take the Lord's name in vain, who is a member of the church, and our mouths drop open, and we say to ourselves, I would never in the world take the Lord's name in vain, and then get angry and swear like a trooper. Never say I'll never deny you. One of the real problems is that we want to condemn other people for that which they do, claiming that we would never do it. And Paul said to the Corinthians on that very subject, he that thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. Or as Jesus said to the Pharisees as they brought the woman taken in adultery, and wanted her stoned because that was against the law, he said, you who are without sin, you cast the first stone. And he discovered 
that quickly the Pharisees were dropping the stones and leaving because there was not one of them that could cast the first stone. A person who says, I would never commit that sin, take heed. He's about ready to deny his Lord in some capacity. Fourthly, I'll call this one spiritual aloofness. That is, getting off on the sidelines. Peter went to the trial and stood outside around the fire and tried to hide himself, mill into the crowd, so that he didn't stand out and nobody would identify him. It didn't work. Three people, two individuals, two girls said, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? And he said the first time, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't know him. The second time another one asked him, and he got a little more boisterous this time and said, I tell you, I don't know that man. And the third time when a small group came to him and said, hey, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? He swore that time, took the Lord's name in vain, and under an oath declined that he had ever known the man. He wanted, what he was trying to do was stay over on the sidelines and not get involved. One of the things I always look at when I go into church building is to find out if there is a balcony. I'm so glad there isn't one here. Because you know if there were a balcony, even though we've got plenty of seats down here, there would be five people sitting up there. Or ten. Why? Because they really only want to be spectators. They don't really want to be involved in what's going on. Listen, when you become a spectator, you are about to deny your Lord. That's all you are. The fear of becoming involved. Peter followed at a distance. He sat with the servants. He tried to, to uh, just simply melt into the crowd so that nobody would ever be able to see him. When a person withdraws from active duty, he discovers that he's sitting with the enemy. Now let me repeat that, because I think it is important that we understand. When we withdraw from active duty in the service of the Lord, we're sitting with the enemy. We cannot remain neutral in this thing of being Christian. A spectator is one who talks about what they do at the church. And there is no neutral ground. We're either friends of the groom or we are not a part of the wedding party. This is a problem of denial in that too many Christian people, quote Christian people, attempt to engage in spiritual aloofness sitting off on the side. Well, let's go to point number two. Point number one, 
was the warning signals of denial, and I gave you four. One was prayerlessness, one was indifference, thirdly, self-confidence, and fourthly, spiritual aloofness. People who engage in one or more of those things are about to deny the Lord. Well, somebody's going to say, well, what's wrong with denial? I can't help it. I'm under pressure in life. I give in. I slip a little bit. We all slip and deny our Lord. There's no doubts about that. Well, listen, even though we might not be able, as we say, to help it, I can't help it, I let it slip and all of those things, I think we need to understand that we create a problem for the Lord when we deny him. Let me give you three problems that we create. Number one, the denial of the Lord strengthens the hand of Satan. Over in the 60th and the 61st verse of this chapter, when they had Jesus on trial, they couldn't find anybody to give an honest uh, testimony, and so they brought in some people who would falsely testify. Peter was at that trial. They falsely testified, and Peter never once opened his mouth and said, Hey, that's not true. Let me give you proper testimony. Never once did he do it. When we sit still and do not speak out for our Lord, we are giving silent testimony that strengthens the hand of Satan himself. People are going to say, well, surely you're not going to believe in Christ. Look at his followers. They're not speaking out for him. One of the real tragedies of the church is not what we do that is wrong, it's what we fail to do that is right. It's not giving the proper witness in our daily life. Testimony is more than getting up in church, and although that's important, and we heard some good testimonies this past week, and we did again this evening. What is important is the testimony that we give on the street in our daily life, what people see in us. So, point number one in this category is that failing to stand up for our Lord is denial and it strengthens the hand of Satan. Secondly, denial weakens our testimony. We say, I can't help it. I was weak and I sinned. And that may very well be true. But I want you to understand something. When we sin, the world stands up and takes note. And they will remind us of that fact. Well, look what they did up at the church. I have had many people over the years and I've tried to witness to say, well, I'm not so bad. Uh, those people up there at the church do worse things than I do. And although that's not a reason, it is only an excuse. Nevertheless, it stands out front that the non-Christian person takes a look 
at the believer and says, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I want nothing to do with it. And we have a hard time combating that. But our witness is compromised by our denial of the Lord. They say, well, he used to go to church and no longer goes. Let me tell you, if anybody can say that about you or me, we have denied our Lord, for we have given a testimony that has been against him, not for him. If we're not known for our faithfulness to the church, if we're not known for our faithfulness to honesty and integrity and good language in the workplace, if they do not know us as people who believe and practice our belief, then we have denied our Lord. Thirdly, the denial of our Lord brings grief to our Lord. Peter said for the third time, I tell you, I don't know the man. And immediately the old rooster crowed. And just at that time, they brought Jesus out of the judgment hall, and Jesus just simply looked at Peter and said nothing. Oh, how he was hurt. How many tears, I wonder, does our Lord shed because of our denial of him? when we have had opportunity and failed to capitalize on that opportunity. Then lastly, when they say, even though we have denied, there's a way out. Peter denied his Lord and then recognized when that old rooster crowed what he had done. And the scripture says that he went out and he wept bitterly. Folks, this is something that we don't do enough of. And I wonder how many tears that we as a congregation have shed for our own sin. When was the last time you, in your own privacy, of your own home, there on your knees, perhaps at your bed or in that secret place, you have to go to, actually wept tears of remorse for what you failed to do. Repentance is necessary for the Christian. You know, we like to talk about the, the sinner repenting. When we say sinner, we usually mean the unsaved when we ought to be meeting ourselves. We're all sinners, and every sinner needs to repent. And for the Christian sinner, we ought to weep bitterly for our sin. This was a good experience for Peter. 
For he was one of those individuals that was always ready to say, I'll never sin, I'll never do wrong, everybody else is going to sin but not me. And Peter discovered that he was very human, and in one night he had denied his Lord three times. In one week, in one day, in one hour, have we denied our Lord? We have. You know, two things ought to happen. Number one, we ought to go to repentance, pray for our own sins, ask God to forgive us, and if we have to weep bitter tears, and we must do it. But secondly, Peter learned something about being compassionate. This is something we have all yet learned. We must hate sin. But brethren, we must love the sinner. Now we get it backwards. We love sin. Or we sure do hate the sinner. And that's not the way the world did it. You don't have to like my sins. You should hate my sins. I should hate your sins. You should hate the sins of the person sitting beside you. The sins of your family, the sins of this community, the sins of our nation, we should hate. But there is never a place for the Christian to hate the sinner. We must love him. And I have seen person after person, even in this community since I've been here, who would not give the time of day to somebody who did something wrong they thought they shouldn't have done. I remember specifically a gift that was not given to a young man when we were giving Christmas gifts one time to less fortunate people. And that individual who had purchased the gift, I assume still has it to this day, for he told me, I'm not going to give him that gift until he comes to church. And that young man never came to church from that day to this. And that Christian hated the sinner by refusing to give out of a love. statement he made to me as long as I live. He would not give it was a shirt. A shirt to a young man who had no shirt until he came to church. That's hating the sinner. We can't do that. Don't care what the sin is.
for us sinners. We're sinners saved by grace. We deny our Lord. We need to weep bitter tears and remorse and repentance as Christian people. Put our arms around those who are sinners like us and love them as Christ loved us when he died on the cross. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.